0: Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I am going to be talking about Pro Football GM. And I actually debated whether or not this should be an episode that gets put out on the podcast, uh, or, you know, whether on the main feed even. And I decided to do it for a couple reasons. The first one being is that this is, of course, a game. Uh, It's a mobile game, uh, a mobile simulation game. So, similar to Game Dev Story, except it's football, really. And so, you know, that was one reason. A second reason was uh, that I got pretty into it for a few weeks. Uh, there were a couple weeks where every day after work or on my breaks at work, you know, all of that, I'm just playing Pro Football GM. Like, it, it had me hooked pretty hard. Um, it seems as uh, good mobile games do, if uh, <laughs> that's their goal. This one did that, most certainly. And the last reason, was I'd felt some connection to the character, their f- characters in this. I felt some emotional investment. And I think this is what really tipped me over to the edge that made me decide, yes, do a uh, just regular episode on this. Um, I was bought in. Now, you may not have the same type of buy-in I did, and that's okay. And I'll describe uh, my own process a little later. But uh, yeah, that's why we're doing this, uh, or I guess why I decided to do this. So... Now I guess I'll give a quick description of the game. It says become a football GM of a franchise in this football sim game. Football GM is a strategic football simulation game where you are in complete control of a fictional professional American football franchise. This is developed by Andrew T. Moore. I couldn't really find anything else about the guy. Online uh, when I bounced around a little bit Uh, on the app itself. I I have an Android So I downloaded it on there and it said it had 5,000 plus downloads So I'm thinking this is just a small indie dev of sorts, you know, maybe I I don't know anything else about him But I'm guessing it's a it's a smaller thing like that since his game I think is probably pretty new or at least pretty small and has a uh, pretty focused market I guess so either way I'm, I'm not quite sure, but uh, that's what it is. If I were to give a tagline for this game, what I would say is if you like franchise mode in Madden, then this is the game for you. In Madden, you can do franchise mode, and specifically, or yeah, if you like franchise mode in Madden, this is the game for you. Personally, for me, when I uh, got really into Madden at different points, I actually usually sim most of the games, and you know instead I'm working on my franchise, you know getting players and making a good team and building that and all that. And pro football GM does exactly that. You can't play in any games. Instead, it's uh, the control, the building of a team. So that that's what the game itself actually is. I guess just heading in. If you don't know anything about football, if you um, you know aren't familiar with current teams or current players or anything like that, that's fine. That doesn't matter at all for this game. I, I think honestly, to be able to enjoy this game, you mostly would just have to have an interest in football, a desire to learn, um, because everything's fictional. So there aren't any real players that exist now. None of the teams are real. It does it does keep. The normal like football positions and stuff like that but e- even within that you can kind of learn how to play that uh within there so uh yeah like all the, all the players have various ratings in their attributes and stuff like that so you know if you could learn oh this attribute's important for this kind of thing i'll match them you you could do that and it would probably learn it in itself so um. There, There is that, and I guess actually as a sidebar, I do think that video games about sports are pretty helpful in learning how sports work. Anyway, if you find yourself unfamiliar with sports, but you do want to learn about it, I'd suggest picking up a sports game, and if you want to be cheap about it, um, which I'm all in favor of, get a game that's like a year or two old. Because the games more or less stay the same, they just update the rosters on them. So if you wanted to like learn about football, for instance, you could g- grab Madden uh, like 17 or something like that uh, from two years ago or whatever, and it would probably be uh, between a dollar and five dollars. Like they become essentially worthless like <laughs> within a season ago because after because everyone just trades them in. So if you wanted to learn about a sport, a video game is a really good way to do it because you'll be able to see. that goes. I know for me that was big in getting into football so I started playing Madden when I was in like middle school and high school and it it kind of showed me oh this is what this is this is why they do what they do or blah 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 and so forth. So anyway back to Pro Football GM though. So uh, I guess starting off with a little bit of general information. In uh, the game you are in a fictional uh, football league that looks very similar to the NFL, but has differences. For instance, uh, one of the teams is called the Cleveland Eries, as opposed to the Cleveland Browns, or the Tampa Bay Whirlwinds instead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there, there are little um, things like that. Even the players um, ranked on the teams, they're not the same, but they look similar. For instance, the Browns have a good young. Defensive linemen in real life. Cleveland Aries also do. Or, you know, things like that. So there are mild similarities, but honestly, everyone has different names and all of that sort of stuff. Not enough to really keep with if you played more than a season. And playing a season is actually a rather fast process. So next, I will describe what a full season of this game looks like. First, what you do is you simulate your 17 regular season games. After the regular season, you have the playoffs and there are four weeks of the playoffs and you would simulate through those. Once the playoffs are over, you can look into the statistics column. You can like see how your players did. You can look uh, at the awards so you can find out which people like made the all pro team, which ones were, who was the MVP. Um, You know, stuff like that. So, that's your actual season itself. And then the off-season is next up. So, the first thing that happens when uh, your football season, quote-unquote, ends is you get to see your player progression. So, your players from season one, or from the season before, their ratings go up. So, all players are rated, I, I think essentially maybe, I don't know, the worst player might be like a 10, or something like that. And then the maximum player could be like 110. So there's a, there's a pretty wide scale. And each player has a rating they have themselves and then they have a potential rating in parentheses. So you might be a player who ha- is a 60 and a 68 is your potential. So you're a 60 right now, you could be a 68. But then you end up with other ones who it's like they're a 50 right now, but their potential is an 85. So they have a lot of room to grow and improve. And so this improvement though happens At this one section, everyone's bumped up and occasionally bumped down. Some of uh, the old players, as you're getting older, you obviously get less good. You're not as fast or whatever. So your stats can decrease. So player progression happens here. This is also where um, players will retire if they're either not skilled enough to play anymore or too old, whatever. So player progression. Next up, what you have is the hiring of coaches section. So you've got uh, four coaches you can hire you've got your head coach who is in charge of the whole team you've got your offensive coordinator who's in charge of the offense you've got your defensive coordinator who's in charge of the defense and then your scout and what your scout does is they scout for your draft so uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit but there's a draft just like in real life um, where you get to pick players and your scout kind of your lens into the draft so the better your scout is the better you will be at picking players in the draft. And so, like kind of knowing what you're getting into a little more, how to spot good potential and all that stuff. So hire coaches. Next up, what you do is you re-sign your players. So these are players who are on your team and their contract is expired. And you can choose to say, yes, I want to resign them for this amount of money, or no, I don't. And this part can get challenging because you have a hard cap Um, I believe the cap was like $150 or something like that. And so all of your players need to be on your team and exist under that amount of money. And so when you get to your re-signed players, there's some players that you inevitably cannot bring back, Um, whether that's that they cost too much money um, or you don't want them anymore or you're uh, you're out of money or you don't think they're worth it, you know, whatever. Uh, So you have some decisions to make. Which of my guys do I want to keep? Which do I want to let go? Once you're done re-signing players... And moves to the next phase of the offseason, which is free agency. And free agency consists of five weeks. um, And at the first week, of course, everyone's available. And these are all the players that weren't re signed by you or by the other 31 teams. Um, And so typically there's some good players. Usually, uh, in my experience, there might be like one player, one or two players who are like 90s or above then maybe like 5 to 10 who are in the 80 to 75, 80s, 75s kind of range, and then a bunch of guys who are like 60 and below. So most people try to keep their good players, but some do make it here if their team doesn't have the money to pay them or whatever. And so this can be big for you, um, you know, potentially you can catch the white whale here, you can catch that player who's going to make your team much better. And free agency, it lasts, as I said, one uh, through five weeks, and so... As the weeks go, players' prices go down for the contract they want. Um, you can't negotiate your contracts like you. If they say we want one year for five million, you can't say, well, what about one for four? We you don't get any offering capabilities in the game. You just get the one offer. But if that character was asking, you know, one for five at week one, if they're still around there week five, they might be asking one for three or something like that. So you kind of run the risk. If you try to outweight someone you might not get to but on week sit, week five everyone's a little bit more discounted. So if you want a guy or here or there to help uh, fill some holes, that's not a bad way to do it. Free agency ends now you're on to the draft. As I mentioned, the draft is eight rounds. Each team has uh, picks in one pick in each round. And your pick is determined by how poorly you performed in the season. So, for instance, if I was the worst team in the league, then I would have the first pick. And if I was the best team, I would have a pick 32. Each round is 32. Um, So, you you have that range of possibilities. Um, That's what that is there. When you look at a player that you may wish to draft... uh, They'll have those two numbers as well. They'll have their uh, their rating and then their potential. However, this is based on your scouting. So sometimes your scouting can be wrong. They could see someone and say, oh, he's an 80 now and he has 100 potential. And you might pick him and then nope, he's a 50 with a 50 potential. Your scout was wrong. The inverse can also happen where you might see someone and it's like, oh, they are a 60 with a 60 potential and then you draft them and it's, oh, they're a 60 with a 80 potential. That can happen too. Both of those are not super common, but they can and do happen. And the accuracy of what your scout says, again, depends on how good they are. Uh, I should have said this with the coaching part, sorry. But um, with the coaches, they'll everyone's rated on their reputation along with their skill and their skill and their reputation are both ranked on a a to f scale a really strong f terrible and your scouts similarly have that are they an a scout a b scout whatever and then even within the positions how good they are at scouting them so some of them might be quarterback a plus they really are good at quarterback but um offensive line they're an f so they they don't know how to tell good linemen apart but they do know how to tell good quarterbacks apart or whatever so what you kind of want to do is take your scout's abilities in mind when you're going into the draft. If it's something that they're supposed to be good at discerning, I'm more inclined to follow their lead. If it's not something they're good that good at discerning, I wouldn't necessarily follow their lead. And I may just choose to get the player in free agency before this at that position because I'm like, well, at least at free agency, I know what I'm getting um, versus trusting my scout in the draft. So, uh, yeah, you go and uh, and also when you look at your players that you're looking at in the draft, they're ranked on a variety of skills A to F. Also, so it might be like they have an A at speed, so they're very fast, or they have a D at strength, so they're not that strong though, or whatever. And then also a variety of other skills that relate to their position. For instance, defensive linemen chase after the quarterback, um, trying to get a sack. They have a pass rush meter or a pass rush rating so it might be like he's a C at pass rush so he's okay at it or whatever so you you get these to look at and then the what your scout thinks their potential and stuff is based on how they do the draft and then once you do the draft they show you the results of the draft you get to see what your players actual ratings are where are they at actually what's their potential and then you go to the next season and you start this all over again now Doing all of that uh, is a pretty fast process, actually. I think when I was doing it, it took me about 10 to 15 minutes per season. and Not that long, and I even took my time like thinking about it and kind of being like, okay, well, you know, I, I took my time in trying to figure it out and who I would guess for and sign and all that stuff. So that's kind of an overview of what the game is. Now what I wanted to do was just talk about my experience in the game. So first of all, I'm a giant nerd. And so, uh, I'm just gonna say that upfront, I guess. You, I guess you already know that, but I'm a giant nerd. What I actually did was I decided to use a notebook to kind of track my progress. I personally really like team building uh, or building something. So like I'd mentioned on the Game Dev Story episode, I really liked building a game company and, like, how to make a game company awesome. Similarly, with Pro Football GM, it scratches the exact same edge. How do I turn a franchise from a shit show into a good one? How do I get there? That's something I super enjoy and get really into. And so I tracked my progress in a notebook. <laughs> and so what what I actually would do is each, um, i just use one page to kind of cut out a uh, per season. And so what I do is write down like who my coaches are at the time, who were my first couple draft picks, um, who had uh, the most yards passing, who was the most yards rushing, who made the all pro team, that sort of stuff. So I I kind of just use that as a way to track what was going on. um, Because I like to see that unfold and see like, oh man, that guy ended up being really big for my team or, or, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. So I'm a giant nerd. Of course, I can't imagine many do this, but... Uh, I do, so King of the Nerds, maybe. What I did then is, so I started off with Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Whirlwinds as my team. I chose them uh, because they were a team that's not that talented. And so to kind of burn it to the ground and try to make it my own was fairly easy to do. So what I did was I took a couple of their best players uh, that were available, and I traded them to other teams for their draft picks in the future. In in the game, it actually allows you to trade for draft picks uh, three years out even. So what I tried to do was get like a couple extra first-round picks for the next couple years because, okay, we're going to be shitty right now, but we'll get good. Uh, Eventually, we'll build it there. These guys could potentially be a key part in that. That was kind of my thought process. So my first coach, I hired a guy whose name was Ron Legree, and it didn't go well. At all um, as I said, I blew the team up and so I wasn't expecting a lot, but it was worse than I hoped for. The first year didn't win any games and then the next two years won five games and won six games and I thought I felt like he was a good hire at the time but uh, after three years of losing and being shitty, the team wasn't really improving too much and also it had very low morale. So something uh, that's rated on your roster, is you have your players morale and you have their character and that's both ranked zero to 100 my team had a zero on morale so i mean you know this guy couldn't get him to win at all he had to be taken out um everything had become too shitty and your your players actually are ranked on their character one through a, or zero through 100 so if you have a zero you're you have no character at all that you're a problem or whatever and then you know if you have a 100 then you're boy scout or something so uh my team's character was sliding down and the morale was at a zero all-time low so i said okay i've got to blow this thing up and start over my second coach was a guy named mohammed pollard and this was a game changer he was super successful He ended up winning six Super Bowls in 13 seasons. So, and every year making it to the playoffs, like even the first year right after, you know, uh, the shit show with the low morale went like 10 and 6 and then lost a playoff game or something like that. But I mean, it was a complete turnaround. And when I hired him, one of the things I keyed in on was his morale was an A. And so I was like, okay, I need to find a guy who's motivating and hopefully he can get these bunch of idiots to start acting right and in those couple of years of losing I had acquired more talent with my first round picks but everyone was feeling bleh you know with the zero morale so I had to bring in a motivator and I did and it was crazy in uh this 13 season stint uh I'm going through you know I'm adding players players of mine are getting better and I ended up in this time having six offensive coordinators uh, including one guy who um, came back. But six offensive coordinators and six defensive coordinators get hired as head coaches for other teams. So I had my guys that I was hired, hired who were going to work on the offense, work on the defense, and they ended up getting hired by other teams because, you know, my team's good. They keep winning Super Bowls and stuff like that. So someone would say, okay, hey, we want you to be our head coach, and they'd take my assistants and they'd have to get new ones, and then the new guys would get hired by other teams. It just kept going, uh, which was crazy. Uh, just each year, or almost every year, like having to replace someone on my team's coaching staff, but then them getting uh, a promotion, getting a cool job. One guy I mentioned, his name was Carl Thomas. He was an O coordinator, offensive coordinator. He got hired by another team, but then uh, a few years later, when his replacement um, got, promo- got hired as a head coach by another team, Actually, was ended up being able to bring him back as my offensive coordinator because I had a vacancy, and I think he'd since got fired from head coaching. So I brought him back, and that was fun. And then he actually got promoted again (laughs) went back out and became a head coach somewhere else again. So it was kind of cool, like, just having these guys. And, you know, as my notebook's going and I'm tracking it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these coaches are so good. If Muhammad Pollard was a real person, he's fucking awesome. uh leading and coaching you know he wins a lot but then his coaches are able to get jobs elsewhere and stuff kind of crazy and this section of time was really fun there were a lot of good players uh that had come up and had come through and uh you know made a lot of all pro teams and different things like that that was a lot of fun and then he finally retired he decided okay i'm done coaching i've done enough This was one of those key kind of um, emotional points for me is because he's gone. And I'm like, oh, man, he's gone. And who do I replace him with? And I was looking, and there were a bunch of, you know, fresh coaches you could choose from who looked like good potential. But then there were a lot of my old boys uh, who had coached for me before who are available now. And I'm like, all right, uh, maybe I want to give it to one of my guys who's coached with me before and I actually had a lot of inter- inner turmoil here because I'm like all of you guys were successful for me and I, I you know I, I kind of wanted to be one of you I ultimately decided on a guy whose name was Jason Campbell he was one of my offensive coordinators at one point uh, and he didn't do much he actually ended up only lasting two seasons and then he retired <laughs> which was very weird He, like, uh, made the playoffs once and, like, lost a game and then missed the playoffs the other time. Uh, And then he was like, I'm done. And he retired. Uh, And I had a lot of debate on whether I should hire him in the first place, but his um, skills were a little higher than some of my other former coaches, so I decided to go with him. Um, But nothing happened. So then I hired Carl Thomas, who I'd mentioned. I'd hired him twice uh, before. As my offensive coordinator, I really thought about him. Uh, instead of Jason Campbell, um, but I decided to go with Campbell. But when Campbell retired, I said, okay, Carl Thomas. That's who I wanted kind of before, um, but was uh, sort of split 50-50, and I guess I guessed wrong. So I brought Carl Thomas in, and what this section of the game really felt like to me was trying to relive the glory days. Uh, I, I kept trying to hire some former old coaches, under my old coach uh, Muhammad Pollard to help lead this team and nothing really happened I did get one Super Bowl win but it was over I don't know 10 or 12 or so seasons it was a long time and instead it was like you know I'd bring in a former coach and they couldn't really do anything and then they'd retire or um you know all that stuff and it was it, it was kind of crazy, cause it, it, yeah, it just really felt like trying to relive the glory days, trying to keep the old band back together. The players that were good on um, the old Muhammad Pollard teams had all retired by this time, and you know I'm trying to bring in new talent, and some of it's good, but uh, it's not the same. And it it was uh, it was interesting, just going through this and being like, oh, I'm, it's not working. I, I, can, uh, I can't uh, remake the magic or whatever kind of thing. And uh, then it kind of faded. I think I kept going after this uh, without the notebook, and I think I got stuck after like 40 sim years or something like that. It wouldn't it wouldn't go forward anymore, which is plenty. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Within this, I, I just wanted to mention a couple of players I ended up having that were... Noteworthy, one of them was a quarterback named Dylan Gill, who I actually drafted um, during my, I think, second season, when it was before Muhammad Pollard even got there. You know, like back in the shitty old days, I got him near the end, and he looked like he could be good, but he was never actually good until my good head coach showed up. But he ended up being one of the top ten, like all-time passers. It was awesome. There was a running back I drafted named JJ Smith. He ended up being the all-time leading rusher in the league. Uh, I drafted him uh, towards the middle of Dylan Gill in my quarterback's career, and I think that actually ended up making Dylan Gill last longer as a player because he had a really good running back, so we didn't have to throw as much kind of thing. That's what it seemed like. Um, I had a defensive end uh, named David Rogers. He ended up getting 200 sacks. He... Uh, led he was the career leader he but then some crazy dude showed up later and got way more um <laughs> who's like played for 20 years something crazy but he was second all-time he was awesome uh, and then i had uh johnny ogletree at linebacker and andre ogletree at cornerback so of course i decided they were brothers and I was like, okay, I'm going to keep both of these guys forever uh, because they're brothers and brothers got to stick together kind of thing. And then they actually ended up retiring the same season, uh, which felt like brothers again to me. It was like, okay, we're, let's both hang up the cleats. That's what it sort of felt like. Yeah, so that that's um, that was some of my experience in, in this too. There was a lot of turmoil as I was going through, you know, having those coaches decisions, but I even had players, you know, that I'm like, oh, I picked you and like, I think you're awesome, but I can't really afford you, so I've got to let you go, or I've got to prioritize you, and almost feeling an emotional connection to characters who are just names. You know, it's not like any of these characters that I've mentioned that I even got to play as them in a game or something like that. Instead, it was just the simulation, and uh, that that was enjoyable, I guess, Um, (laughs) that I was bought in that hardcore. Uh, And again, I think that that is probably a bit of me being a nerd and getting attached to things like that, but I think that that kind of shows the power games can have in general, obviously, but even one like this, where it's a simulation game, um, that you can grow attached to that. And I think I mentioned this on the Game Dev Story one, but I grew attached to developers, even if they weren't as good anymore. I didn't want to fire them because they were my first developers or whatever, like uh that kind of thing. Um so maybe maybe I just have a knack for getting attached to uh fictional characters uh even if they <laughs> don't don't show you a lot. Uh maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, that was that was kind of my experience. It was really fun. If um if you are a nerd like me, you might want to break it out a notebook and do something similar, but um if you're not, you might like just playing around with it. I I'd played it a lot before I did the notebook thing. I just after playing the game for a week or two, I was like, oh, I should do this notebook thing. I like doing things like this. And so, um, you know, that's how I kind of got there. Um, also, the game's free. It's on Android, and I imagine on iOS, but I, I can't confirm since I don't have iOS. But, yeah, that that's my experience. General thoughts. Um, fun simulation game. I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing... What happens further this is a hundred percent uh the kind of game for someone like me who i do like the franchise mode simulating on madden um except that you know could take several hours this one you can go through a season you know as i said 10-15 minutes it can be very quick which is really nice it makes for um fun enjoyable kind of mind- mindless gaming in uh that sense but gives you that uh kick or pull in with it so yeah, I guess all in all, that is Pro Football GM. If you want to talk more about it, I'd love to. You can uh, tweet at me, at storyeverpod, or you could email me at thegreateststoryeverplayed at gmail.com. Also, uh, you could visit our website, thegreateststoryeverplayed.com, uh, to be able to look at other episodes or um, you know anything like that. Also, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash the greatest story ever played. Uh, that would mean a lot. It would help out. And on there, there's uh, some details for tiers as to uh, what your donations could cause. The main one being, though, is if you want to donate a dollar or more per month, that'll give you access to an exclusive Patreon episode that uh, comes out once a month uh, only on Patreon. So, um, And those are, generally speaking just gaming topic type things, Um, that sort of deal. So yeah, I guess that's that. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Thanks for hanging out.